Welcome to the podcast. Every week I talk to bloggers about the blogs they write, how they got started with blogging, and the journey they've been on over the years. This week I'm talking to Amy Lyon-Smith, who writes a blog at bedlamanddaisies.com. Okay, so we're joined this evening by Amy from, now let me get this right, it's Virginia, is that correct? It is Virginia, yes. So whereabouts in Virginia are you? I'm actually in Roanoke. It's in the southwest corner. I'm only about an hour from North Carolina, so kind of really far down at the edge there. Have you always lived there? I have not. I was actually originally born in Naples, Florida, and I lived there until I was 30, so most of up, my life. <laughs> you grew up in Florida then? I did, yes. What's it, what's it like growing up in Florida? Well, when most people hear about Naples, they, of course, think of the beaches, the Gulf Coast. Um, I actually grew up inland, about 30 minutes drive away, even though it's still considered Naples. And I probably had like a childhood that was a little not standard, (laughs) Um, even though I was a child of the 80s, my parents... um, They actually, my dad converted a school bus and he had some property out there and he drove it out there and we lived in that until my brother was born, um, who's four and a half years younger than me. And even still, we had, we didn't have like standard electricity. We had 12 volt electricity that ran off of a generator, probably until I was like, maybe 10 or something. My parents would know exactly when. I don't know. So uh, I was not raised on MTV. (laughs) We had (laughs) uh, a black and white camping TV until I was probably around that 10 or 11. My uncle came to live with us while his house was being built and he bought my parents their first color TV. Um, That was the first time I actually realized there was a color part to The Wizard of Oz. (laughs) um, yeah because I've read about that apparently they made half of the movie before the color production process was invented yeah so you know when she goes and she lands in Oz then it turns from black and white into color and we didn't have a color tv so of course it did not switch at that moment so really I grew up more roaming through the Everglades and my imagination was a big part of um more of my childhood, you know, and reading lots of books and things like that. Because when we hear about Florida, we always think of, I guess, of retirement communities these days. Yes. And and Naples is very much known for that. Um, but I grew up in more like what's considered the Everglades part of Naples. And so um, it's more like pine trees. We had... Pine trees and palm, not as many palm trees. It, it, it's definitely more swampy. <laughs> and so how did you end up in Virginia then? Um, well, we lived in a couple of other parts of Florida. And then in 2013, my father-in-law passed away. And my husband's career at the time was such that he could look for a different position. And he felt like he needed to be closer to his mother, um, who lives in Virginia. And then when he started looking, this is how we ended up in Roanoke. She lives 
about an hour and a half away. So we aren't able to help with the daily things. He has a brother-in-law that, or I have a brother-in-law. He has a brother (laughs) that lives closer that does the daily stuff, but we're able to help out with the bigger things. And so that's how we found ourselves here. You write a blog called Bedlam and Daisies. Yes. Where does the name come from? Um, when I finally decided to take the plunge, I, I tend to overthink a lot of things. And so I wanted to have a name that kind of meant something to me. And it was a kind of, I started the blog as a journey of self-discovery because my kids were getting to the point where they were a little bit older. It was like, okay, what's the next phase of my life going to look like? Um, And so it was kind of a mixture. So bedlam is kind of chaos and daisies are my favorite flowers and I just like their simple beauty. And so that's what it was. It's kind of hunting out, seeking the beauty in the midst of the chaos is the tagline. And that's really what it is, is kind of a space where I hunt down just the little simple things that sometimes we miss. Yeah. Did you have a computer in the house, obviously, before you started the blog? connected to the internet yes so what's your story with the internet itself can you remember your first times using it no um were you on AOL or anything like that back in the day yeah so my uncle he had a computer when I was a teenager he had an apple and I remember going over there and us going on AOL you know, the whole long, slow dial-up process. <laughs> Waiting <laughs> and, for the tones. Yeah. Yes, listening to the little sounds. And it caused um, the famous words, didn't it, with, you've got mail. <laughs> yeah, and um, I don't remember exactly what we looked for or anything. And then I started dating my husband uh, in 1998, and he had a computer at his home. I mean, I had one that was very old that I used when I was in college, that somebody had given me. Uh, it still had like the dot matrix printer, and even though they had kind of moved beyond that at the time. But that was the first time I actually had my own email address, like because I was yeah. able to use his and, and make it my account. And so I don't really remember fully what I would use it to hunt for. Were you on MySpace or anything like that back in the day? I was not. Um, <laughs> and I was very slow with the whole technological aspect of things. Um, my I, So my dad has a, a sister that's five days younger than me. Yeah, she's not. She's going to kill me for saying that. She's five days older than me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, she was on all of those things. So I would hear about them. She was on LiveJournal. Um, she had been on like a local one. She actually still has friends that she met through that. So I would hear about it and I thought it was intriguing, but it was not something that I actually went around and looked at. We moved from my hometown in 2008. Um, and I thought about starting a blog then because my youngest was starting kindergarten and I was kind of like, oh, what am I going to do with my time? But things still just were busy. So I was doing a little more digging around, I would say, um, you know, as time progressed through those 10 years. Did you start with WordPress or did you start somewhere else? I did start with WordPress. So when we moved up here in 2013, it, it was a hard adjustment for me. I 
you know, it's up in the Blue Ridge Mountains. It gets very cold. I'm from South Florida. I was a thousand miles away from all of my family. I was going to say, um, you're starting from scratch with <laughs> friends and everything, aren't you? Yes. And, and it's um, one of the things they don't really, that I don't think you fully realize is that when you have young kids, you're meeting people at playgrounds and at the, you know, story time. And there's a lot more of you being interactive when they're in preschool with the classroom setting. Yep. And when we moved up here, my youngest was in fourth grade. And then my boys were in seventh and eighth grade, which by the, you know, you don't really even show up at the school for them. And even when with the fourth grader, there wasn't, so there was no good way for me to really meet people. So I was really struggling, but I, and I still thought about starting a blog, but I was really nervous uh, because I use these roles and I didn't know if I could handle any negativity. Um, yeah, that's, that's the story of my <laughs> eldest daughter. She's exactly the same way. Yeah. So I wasn't, so putting myself out there, it, it you're vulnerable no matter what you're talking about. I mean, I guess there's certain topics you could talk about that are completely distanced from yourself, but I knew that was not what I was going to be if I, you know, took in, and started doing that. Actually, I started the blog in January of 2016. I had a niece and she had started a blog and I was talking about it with her and, you know, asking her what she thought about it. And she was on WordPress. And so that was when she said, it's easy to start. And so that was kind of how I ended up at WordPress. It was just really the first one I had heard about. I knew somebody that was using it. I started out with their, you know, their little free. It's crazy now. I think there's something like a third of kind of the static published internet is based on WordPress now. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. It's, it was about 25% a couple of years ago. It's up to about 30% now. I think they, I think some of it's they probably because they keep expanding what they're offering. Um, um, when I, I started think it's becoming on it, a standard. Not, yeah. Yeah. Well, they didn't have the business plan when I started. So you were a lot, or I don't think, I, I shouldn't say they didn't because I don't know. Really, if you wanted to be able to have more changes and stuff, you were kind of have to go out and self-host. Yeah. And well, yeah, I'm old enough to remember before they started hosting it themselves. <laughs> yeah. I've kind of been on the internet since the beginning. <laughs> and yeah, that was the only option years ago. If you wanted to run WordPress, they had no hosting. They All they did was made the software and you had to go and get a server and install it, install a database, connect the two together, hook a domain name up and off you went to the races. But that obviously, the, the, that was a vertical hill, really, for most people. Yeah, well, and I think is, uh, what made it nice was that when I went into it, like, I didn't have to know anything, which because I didn't. <laughs> I mean, most of it has definitely been through trial and error and learning about being able to, you know, even just the menu bars and things like that. Oh, it's, um, it's, it's a bit of a rabbit warren still because it's got that legacy of there's parts of WordPress that are still how they were 15 years ago. And you, you see it sometimes if you go through the administration interface where you write your posts and stuff. There, there are two interfaces. There's the new shiny one, and there's still bits of the old one in there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you probably yeah. come across that now and again. I think that um, 
there's there's probably lots that I don't understand about the backroom stuff, which is probably why I stay with them. <laughs> Being but that's, the, that's the, the really good thing, though. That's why people choose to use them because they take all of that pain away from you. Yeah, and I've had some things where you know I didn't. Somebody was like, "I can't make any comments on your page," or you know, this button isn't working. Exactly. And I just like send my little message to the happiness engineers, and we like get on yep. there, and they walk me through it because they know a lot more than I do. And that's the good thing about the business plan; you get priority access to the support, don't you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're on it straight away. Whereas if you're only paying, like like I used to when I was at WordPress, I paid either nothing or the bare minimum I possibly could, which meant I was really on my own. Yeah, and and when I started changing things up on the blog, you know, I messed some stuff up, and so I needed some help to figure out what I had done. So it was definitely helpful for me when I got to that point. So have you changed the way? Have you changed your blog over time? Was it different when it started than it is now? I would say not a lot, but... Have you changed the look and I've, feel over time? Yeah, I have. I have changed the themes to one that... When I started, like I said, my niece was the one who had originally had one, and I just used the same theme as she had because I, there's a lot to choose from. And so then you kind of get, you know, analysis paralysis, or I do. <laughs> and so, you know, like I was like, oh, goodness, what do I want it to look like? And of course, then you fall into that hole that everybody does where you're obsessing over how it looks and you stop worrying about the content itself. Yeah, I think that for me, uh, especially... I would say, so I started in 2016 and I kind of just talked about everything, but part of that was figuring out things that I liked. So then I would just talk about those things. And then I would say in 2018, I was trying to be a little more consistent. I had, you know, I changed the look. I I thought that I was going to go and mostly only talk about travel at that point. And kind of, you know, because everybody says niche down, niche down, you have to have a niche. Um, And so I was struggling with that, but travel was mostly what I was talking about. So I thought that I would do that. For me, I think what I discovered in the process, because I did try to monetize the blog, I had um, ads on it through Google. Part of it was not knowing exactly, again, what uh, the back room things I had it where they they picked where they put the ads based on where they thought it was best and and I didn't like it I thought that it messed up the flow and you can pick specific places where you want your ads to show up I just didn't I, I just ended up shutting them off it was you know I think I don't know what their payout is it's like you know something small and and after who knows how long I had maybe made five dollars or something <laughs> and then I was like you know this is making my page look horrible it slows it down um and you start to dig then into the analytics and all that crazy stuff as well don't you and marketing programs and it's kind of a black hole yeah I, I and I don't think I probably did a lot because I still think that there's things that I could have potentially done if that was where I wanted to go down um because I am in some travel groups like Facebook groups and and there are some bloggers that you know, do very well. And this is how they make their living. 
And uh, they were very gracious in offering insights and things. But sometimes I think that, and there are things that I look for when I look on Pinterest. If I'm going on a trip, you're looking for itineraries and ideas and 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 there are some things that are written like that, and those are the ones that get a lot of views in travel blogging. But I think what I discovered at the end or how I feel about it all is that I am was not kind of like a brochure. I, I was more of a storyteller. I was going to say, <laughs> do, do you not find I'm, those people that do these kind of niche blogs that are on specific subjects are almost like a magazine? They become impersonal. You're reading a professional writer who's targeting somebody or something. And and I think that's completely fine if that's what their goal is. And obviously that is how they went into it. Um, because there are things about like trying not to make it too personal because you want the reader to be able to envision themselves in the scenario, you know, of, of that travel or or anything. That's probably how fashion and, um, yeah. you know, stuff all goes. But uh, for me, I like telling the story and I take a lot of photos. I, uh, you know, I have a whole segment on my photography. And so, you know, I'm somewhat of a visual storyteller. I like to have all components. Um, That's a good point, actually. How long does it take you to put a post together? Hmm. Big question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know that I wrote one recently. Um, and the writing, I had already edited all the photos that I wanted to go into it. And the writing part was probably about four hours. Oh my word. (laughs) I suddenly felt guilty because I just typed like a few paragraphs out in maybe 20 minutes, half an hour and hit publish. (laughs) And, and there are, you know, some of these people though, who have amazing blogs and with amazing photos, they have something down and maybe they have a pattern that they and they probably do batch work. I, I don't know. I'm not that organized. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine tend to take a while. But then they're like, I'm a person who loves quotes. And like, as you yeah. know, I, already, I have a Tuesday Truth section where I share a quote. And I had done quotes previously. Um, and I kind of put them all over the place. I really love them. Sorry, I should what? just say to anybody listening to this, um, if you go to bedlamanddaisies.com and have a look, the photography is stunning. And the quotes that you put with the photos are so perfect. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and But one of the things I think that is time consuming that maybe some other people that <laughs> don't do that is that it takes me a long time to find, because I'm a perfectionist, I guess, which is not always the best trait, but But it shows the quality (laughs) of the blog. But yeah, like you're saying, it takes time to do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't just pick a quote that I've really thought about it. And I, I don't know that everybody probably realizes that when they're reading it, that it's like, you know, I'm I might have spent 2030 minutes looking for the perfect quote that mm. I thought suited that photo. I suddenly feel really guilty because I just go to Goodreads <laughs> and type a random word in on the quote search and think, oh, that will do. Well, no, I usually have some kind of idea. Um, I, uh, you know, and I do sometimes look at them in Goodreads. And um, I, when I'm on Pinterest, I, I actually, one of my boards is a quote board, which I share my own photo quotes there. But I also, like, anytime I run across a quote that I think, oh, that might work for something in the future. Like I put yeah. it on the board so that I'm not yeah. hunting for it later. 
So you've been on this kind of long journey where you went through thinking about travel blogging and now you've ended up with kind of this, um, it's kind of a personal journey blog in a way, isn't it? Yeah, um, I get, you know, a lifestyle blog obviously covers kind of everything. I have a whole section on travel, uh, which sometimes it's like around Virginia. There's lots of trails I like to hike. Um, and then I've, I've done some overseas travel and I go back to Florida a lot and everybody likes pictures from there. So I, I talk about that. So I have that section. And then of course the quote section, 2018, at the end of 2018, I turned 40. And so I had a whole year of these 30 day challenges that I did, uh, each month being something different just to kind of push in myself outside of my comfort zone. And I blogged about that. And I talk about. Um, Did you get I have, too much feedback to that, to the um the the posts about you know your goals and and lists of achievements or accomplishments? Yeah, there's definitely some that people tend to be more interested in than others. Of course, do you tend uh, to take much notice of that of what has gained attention, and do you change course for that or not? I I sometimes change course. Not of what I'm doing, but more about when I find the time to write. I definitely want to talk about things that people are interested in. Um, like my, when I did 30 days of meditation, that that was a big one. The one that gets the most traction and still like last, it was one of my top posts last year of people coming back to view it uh, was 30 days of no alcohol. Like lessons I learned from not drinking for thirty there days. There seems to be a lot of people doing that. <laughs> it's it's become a really popular thing, either cutting sugar or alcohol or other things like that. Yeah. So, and you know, it was something I had just read somewhere and thought, oh, that would be something good to do. Like so right it's now, funny. <laughs> I, I very nearly did the no alcohol month thing, but it was purely because I had a wicked hangover one weekend. <laughs> And I thought I'm not drinking for for a month. <laughs> yeah, they it didn't um, last very long. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think that maybe some people are coming to see it currently because it's dry January, which I had not heard of. Yes, before. my other half's doing that. Well, I'm yeah. kind of uh, I'm technically doing it. I didn't know it was dry January when I started doing it, so I. Oh, sorry, I tell a lie. She's doing the no sugar January. Oh, the no sugar. Right. So she's yeah. staying away from all the chocolate and everything. Yeah, yeah, I'm currently doing the dry January. And then for the past, this is my third year where I spend January for the entire month um, as a vegetarian. Yeah, but you've got boys in the house and they're probably like meat eating machines. <laughs> and I don't make the same meals. <laughs> I make my own. Oh, we have the same struggle because um, we've got a vegetarian in the house and two celiacs. So sometimes we have like three meals at the one sitting. Yeah. yeah. Well, my teenagers are kind of very come and go at this point. Uh, well, my, my oldest is almost not a teenager anymore. He's so close to 20. Where do you see your blog going in the future? Do you have any big plans for it? Um. I don't have any big plans, I don't think, right now. When I was doing the travel blogging, I changed it to where, you know, the the cover was a static home page, and I actually moved that over to my about page um, because just recently, like at the beginning of this year. 
because I felt like when people went to the website, I have about 50% of my people view it on a computer and probably, you know, and the other half on a mobile device. And so the sidebar when you're on a mobile device doesn't show up until you're, you know, toward the bottom. Yeah. And so there really wasn't any way unless they were coming, you know, from somewhere like a link specifically to a page, there wasn't a way that they knew if I had written a new post without doing that whole scrolling. So that was my issue with having the static homepage. So I did change that so that my most recent posts show on the main page, which if I were trying to be a niche would not necessarily work because I talk about everything. (laughs) And so, but other than that, I'm I'm hoping for a little more consistency. Life last year was um, outside of blogging was very busy with my teenagers, and so I was only able to kind of write here and there. And nobody, you see, so you kind of want your readers to know when to expect you. This is sorry. This is just fascinating for me because it's obviously you've put a great deal of thought into what you share and how it looks and how it looks on the desktop versus mobile. It's kind of embarrassing to me because I just throw my stuff out there and I pick a theme that looks good kind of everywhere, hopefully. But you've really thought about it. Yeah, I, I, I tend to think about a lot of stuff. Things I, <laughs> is that, I tend is that the perfectionist to, I tend side? to overthink things. Um, you know, I have to always remember, I've heard this say, you know, done is better than perfect. And I kind of have to tell myself that. Otherwise, <laughs> I would never actually put anything out at all. Um, yeah. Do you worry so, about who's going to see your posts? I don't as much anymore. Part of the growth process has been about being comfortable. I'm still worried about trolls. I mean, I'm knocking on some wood because I've never had any trolling commentary in my four years. Um, probably because I have a small audience and I don't talk about controversial yeah, things. Yeah, I was going to say, if you, know, you stay so, away from those sort of uh, subjects, you'll be fine. Yeah, so I and I'm not sure again because they're not just finding me. So I don't think that they're. I really have had to deal with any animosities and things. So I don't. So, this kind of leads yeah. through to the next thing, which is: Do your family and friends know about the blog? They do. Um, I don't know how many people read it. Have you ever tried to figure it out by looking at the stats? <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't really pay attention fully to, um, I guess, where they're coming from. If they're coming to, because I don't share it on my private Facebook page anymore. I felt like um, that was, I don't know. I just, I'm not good at like putting it in people's faces. Like, hey, come look at me. That was one of my struggles to start yeah, with. Probably I why with I have a small well. audience, yeah. you know, the marketing side of it. And calling attention to myself is a little hard for me. It's kind I don't of like mind selling, isn't people it? finding me. Have you ever become aware in a conversation with, I don't know, someone in the family or a friend that, hang on a moment, you read that on my blog? Because um, I've, I've had it happen. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to. <laughs> so I I think that really, as far as most, my husband reads them. And so, you know, he'll tell me stuff. But I know he's reading them. And my mom reads it. I think that my dad might read some of them and I, some of my relatives. And I have a couple of friends that sometimes they'll comment on the the share where I share it on the Facebook page. Because um, you know, there's people are uh, reading. 
Does that mm-hmm. make you filter what you write? Um, I, hmm. <laughs> I, you know, so I, any story that I tell about my children is definitely, um, and I've told in, in my post when I write about things that have happened with them, that there's parts of things I don't share because yep. it's there. It's two people's story. I'm part of the story, but it's not just my story. Yep. So I respect the boundaries of their stories. Um, yeah. So I definitely call what I say there. And I probably people who really know me know that I'm probably a little more crass than I, can. I you know, like. <laughs> The way that, you know, the blog ass talks or something, I, I probably talk like that, but I don't write like that. <laughs> yeah, I always find the same kind of struggles. It's um, it's an interesting one. Have you ever met anybody that you've come across through the blog? I haven't yet. I mean, I really would like to. I haven't been in any of the places yet where the, there's been an opportunity. Yeah, I've met a few over the years. Um, not too many, but it's it's been kind of strange because... Because you've been reading each other, you kind of know each other really well, better than most friends do. Yeah. It's, it's a very odd experience when you do meet them. It's kind of like, you know, if you've got an old friend that you've spent a lot of time with and you don't have to make conversation. Right. It's kind of like that. And you can sit quietly in each other's company and it's fine. Um, so um, inspirations. Who, what, what blogs have inspired you over the years? Um... I mean, you mentioned the blog Esther. Mm, and I've read some of her things. And I remember, um, I don't think she blogs anymore, but Glennon Doyle had Bomb Mastery. And I remember coming across hers. And, and mostly the reason why she, it struck me was because she's from my home. She not from, she lives in my hometown um, now. And um but a lot of probably more like the people that I've met through blogging. I started doing photography challenges kind of early on. And so a lot of the people that I've met through there, I've learned a lot from them by, you know, them sharing their tips and tricks of photography. Recently, there's Marcus at Streets of Nuremberg, and he it's actually it's a, his hobby. It's not even what he does full time, but he's an amazing photographer. And uh, one of the tips that he had taught was about when you're, you know, how to take a photo from an airplane to cut down on the glare. And it was like, oh, wow, that was something I didn't know. I, I've learned a lot from a lot of people. It's, um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because even with just the written posts, you sometimes come across a blog like um, the, the Deuce, uh, Heather Armstrong, and you, you start reading mm-hmm. and you think, even though she's got this traumatic story and her life has been on something of a roller coaster, a bit like Jenny Lawson, the bloggess, they're just fantastic mm-hmm. writers when it comes down to it. And you end up reading their posts thinking, I need to try harder. <laughs> well, and one of the things that I really liked about um, – and I don't know any specific ones, but, you know, them as well as many others is I'm really drawn to what feels and what I assume because I'm of knowing if somebody's being authentic. Yeah. Um, I need to feel like you are not just weaving some crap, some, yeah. you know, makeup. Yeah. So I need to know that, like, if you're telling me this, 
I need you to take me on the journey too. I want to feel like you're taking me to your inner sanctum and telling me something. I see that a lot, actually. Um, You have a brave few moments to think, I'm going to go and look for new people to read. And you (laughs) see what looks like an interesting blog and it's got some huge drama happening in it. And then you read a bit further and you think, hang on a minute, they're just attention seeking or, you know, it's kind of your radar suddenly switches on and something isn't quite right. It doesn't sit right. Mm-hmm. About, about the blog and you think this is manufactured and this isn't their real life at all and, and I, yeah and so that I don't you know that bothers me because I'm not comfortable with everything I write as far as I don't like to be vulnerable that much but everything I put out that is vulnerable I don't only write vulnerable things you know like raw things but yeah. I have posts you know in my archives on grief and you know, on I was going to say, I, there's something you know. <laughs> in us tells us when someone's telling a real story, there's mm-hmm. something about it, isn't there? It's something you can't put your finger on, and you know it's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I talk openly, you know, in varying posts about it, you know, my issues with anxiety, and you know, it's kind of a peeling back of the curtain. And I guess that's why I like to consider myself a storyteller because some of the fa- my favorite posts that I have written, my personal favorites tend to be the ones where I've been vulnerable, I've drawn back the curtain, I've let you glimpse into a part of me that like maybe I am not fully comfortable sharing. Yeah, you've been brave. <laughs> yeah. Those are always the best, I think. What I want to close with is just to, to find out where we can find you around the internet. So obviously there's the blog at bedlamanddaisies.com. Mm-hmm. Are, are you anywhere else? Yes, I am on Facebook with Bedlam and Daisies. I have a Facebook page there. And I'm on Instagram at Bedlam and Daisies. And I am on Twitter. I don't use it very much. And that one is at Amy Lyon Smith, L-Y-O-N. And really, if you look for me on Instagram by my full name, you would find me by that as well. Okay, I'll put some links in the show notes. Okay. It's been an absolute pleasure. Really Hopefully I'll get the show edited up nicely and we'll take all the ums and errs. And <laughs> <laughs> I know, I got plenty of those. Um, and hopefully it'll be released this weekend. So thank you very much. All right. You've been listening to Jonathan Beckett's podcast. You can find it on the internet at johnbeckett.com slash podcast. You can also find it on Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and very soon at iTunes too. See you soon.